You ever open up, uh, you know, some sparkling water and then you drink some of it and then later you open up another sparkling water and you drink some of it and then you realize you've got two cans of sparkling water. I think we talked about this last time where it's you get one and you bring it out, you sit it on the table and like an hour later you go to drink it and you say, ah, it's just probably too warm. So you take the unopened can, put it back in the fridge and grab yourself another cold one. That's my routine. I'll do both. I'll have one like open in my room and then I'll be eating lunch. And be in the kitchen. I'm like, I don't want to go all the way back to my room to grab my my can. I'll just open another one. And then I'll drink them both. That's efficiency, Nick. I'm just double fisting LaCroix. Dual wielding. What's your flavor tonight? I got coconut LaCroix. Ooh. And watermelon Waterloo. Hmm. Can I see the can for that? I've never had that. I think it's from Walmart. Mm, yeah. My guess. Also, we've started seeing bubbly at the old Winco. Bubbly, man. They're, they're I tell you, they're cropping up. Like I said, they're owned by Pepsi, so it makes a lot of sense. Man. I am tonight drinking, I get a little bit of Elijah Craig small batch right here. Just a little uh, golden goodness. Was that on Snapchat or Instagram that you had that photo with all your just uh, just bottles that you've gained over the years? And my liquor cabinet is more of a liquor corner on my kitchen counter right now. And it's coming along, you know? Totally fair. Got some good flavors. Uh, I'm also sipping on some nab creep with some ginger ale as your little chaser. I can respect it. I'm chasing my whiskey with diluted whiskey. It's more wet whiskey. Some wet whiskey. The ginger ale just probably just clearing out your sinuses, I'm guessing, right? Dude, when I drink whiskey, it clogs my left nostril. Weird. Like every time. Like after one glass, I'll just be like stuffed. Anyway, okay. I said it was just going to be casual and just kind of, we're just going to kind of flow into this casual crusade, but intros are so... 2017 you know what i mean we already have a dank song yeah we don't need we don't need a bit and another bit and an intro we don't need a what's up everybody we don't need it no this is the console crusade and if you're listening you know yeah you know you saw the logo you know you clicked on it you downloaded it this was done with intention this is premeditated <laughs> we you knew what you signed up for we absolve ourselves of all responsibility here this was your choice and your choice alone. <laughs> you did this so this is Console Crusade, and I am EJ Olson, and this is Nick Durheim, and we're just, you know, we're casually talking things today. Things. <laughs> we were originally going to do a Halloween episode, and I did a, a brushed up on all my research, Nick. We were going to talk about spoopy games and uh, intense games that we had played, and I know that that list, that Venn diagram of games we'd both played, probably would be pretty small, that overlap would be pretty small. And so I was excited to actually talk about some stuff, and I was going to talk about Until Dawn, I was going to talk about Last of Us and a couple games that... I, because I don't play scary games, but the few I have played. But instead, Nick, the world is is coming to an end because Super Smash Bros. comes out in five weeks and there have just been leaks galore and Reddit has been ablaze and Twitter has been out of control. And Nick, mm-hmm. you're freaking ready to talk about this, dude. I'm ready. Plus, I have never played a scary game, really, so I wouldn't be able to contribute to that conversation very much. You have like, uh, Left for Dead, I guess. Hey, that's, Dark Souls. Dude, you talk Dark Souls and Left 4 Dead, and I talk Last of Us and Until Dawn. That's a Halloween episode. You ever played Halo and played the level, the library? No, actually. It's, it's, it's alien zombies. Is that the first Halo? Yeah. No, then I have played it, but I don't remember that. It's when the robot's guiding you through the, the hallways, and all those uh, spooky zombie aliens are shooting you with rocket launchers and such. I literally don't remember. It says a lot about how memorable that game was. 
Well, I mean, it's not as cool. I like the reveal in 343 Guilty Spark, but the library is a more... People remember it because of how difficult it is. It spikes up there. And it's not as long as annoying as um, was Attack on the Control Room. It's the level with the, fucking know. the snowy area and it's dark out. Anyway. We are talking Smash today. We're talking the Smash leaks. We're talking Smash speculation. Uh, before we do jump into that, two things I want to talk about from our list here. Let's just open with them and let's get them over with in a few minutes here. Let's just get the PlayStation Classic out of the way because this... Do you have the list in front of you? I have the list in front of me. So the PlayStation Classic, all of you know about. PlayStation is biting Nintendo here and releasing their own miniature classic console. They initially only released the first five games, which were promising. Uh, they were pretty middling. I mean, Wild Arms and Final Fantasy. And what else was of note on that initial reveal? I remember Ridge Racer, Ridge Tekken Racer, 3, and... Um, Jumping Flash. Was there another racing game? That, Jumping Flash, that's yeah, right. Yeah, That's so funny. Listen, we'll see. We speculated. We did a whole rundown of what we thought should be included. I think zero of those games are on here. Oh, I'm sure we mentioned a ton of games, so well, I'm not surprised by some of the choices. Like uh, Siphon Filter, I'm not surprised by because that was first party. Yeah. Rainbow Six is like a weird choice, but there's a couple Ubisoft games on there, so that adds up. Rayman, that's like, no one cares about Rayman 1. Not at all. Not at all. Like Rayman 2, people liked, and then, I don't know, some of the later, like the revitalization on Wii and Wii U and stuff, people were stoked about, but... I don't know. It's a weird list, man. Let's go down the list here. I'm going to start at the top. I'm just going to read through them. And now that I'm reading through the list again, it's not awful. It's not terrible, but it's it's not even as good as the NES list that Nintendo put together. A lot of chaff on that one. So we have Battle Arena Toshinden, which I have literally never heard of, ever. I've heard of, but I've never played it. I don't have any uh, memories with it. Is that one of the 3D fighting games? Because that was like a big deal in that era. Like Tekken and Virtual Fighter were... Starting that. I just, who has memories with this game, though? Pretty sure it was a launch game. Uh, see, I don't know either. I'm not getting that granular here. Which makes sense. I mean, people were asking for pilot wings on SNES, and thank God Nintendo didn't do that. Right. But anyway, uh, Battle Arena to Shinden, Cool Borders 2, Destruction Derby, Final <laughs> Fantasy 7, GTA, the original Grand Theft Auto. Which no one remembers or cares about. <laughs> that was before it was GTA, as we remember. This is a top-down, isometric shooter. It was like Spy Hunter, but if it was an open-world, top-down car game it's very weird no one wants that actually i do have memories of gta 3 i want to say well yeah that was the ps2 game that was the game oh no, no sorry it wasn't it was it was still on the ps1 and it was the top down so it must have been gta gta 2 uh i thought 3 was still that classic uh but anyway intelligent cube another game i've never heard of i'm assuming it's a puzzle game i guess i've heard of it because it's one of those obscure weird first party games okay or first party published at least i don't know who developed it no one knows who developed those games back then. It's impossible to know. It's impossible. We can't even look it up. Uh, nope. Jumping Flash, Metal Gear Solid. That that had to be on there. Had to. Uh, Mr. Driller. A fun game, but like it's like an arcade game, right? I have no idea. It's like what you were saying last or a couple weeks ago, whenever we talked about this. It's hard to remember now, but when you mentioned uh, Metal Slug. It's yeah. Like, that's not really like kind of a PlayStation, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. I think it's at most at home on that generation. And Mr. Driller is a puzzle game of some kind. Yeah, it's a Bandai Namco. Yeah, it looks like a Tetris. Like Dig Dug. Sort of hybrid, yeah. Um, Oddworld Abe's Odyssey, which I think I did actually call being on the system. Yeah, you mentioned it. I just, I didn't think it was notable, like, notable enough. enough. But that's <laughs> this entire series. This entire list is like the things that shouldn't be notable enough to be on a classic system. Like there's so many glaring omissions. Right. Uh, so, Oddworld, and we've got Rayman, Resident Evil Director's Cut, Revelations Persona, 
Ridge Racer, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. It's cool. Super Puzzle Fighter 2. The hell is that? I think it was the first Puzzle Fighter. It's like a parody thing where it's like a Puyo Puyo or Tetris where it's a 1v1 yeah, okay. uh, puzzle game. But like if you do certain block combinations, your characters in the center will do different moves like Hadoukens and Shoryukens and stuff. It's, I'm looking at art right now. It's just a bunch of adorable little chibi yes. Street Fighter characters. Yeah, it's a very well-regarded game. I have never played it, but it's one of those games that are like it's trapped on older consoles. So that is a good addition to the to the system i think i actually want to play it just looking at it i enjoy games like this and i love the aesthetic and i love these classic street fighter characters that's really cool i like that yeah it reminds me of like a tetris attack back on the super nintendo siphon filter tekken 3 tom clancy's rainbow six twisted metal and wild arms so now that i'm looking at it, it's not as bad as i initially thought there are a couple games that i'd be curious to play however this has a few things going against it i think nick one like you said the glaring omissions the big Sony published console sellers, right? Strikes me as odd that there's only one Final Fantasy. I'd rather have just one Final Fantasy than have three and just sort of water it down with too many JRPGs. Like I'd rather there be like a good variety of JRPGs as opposed to just a bunch of the same old Final Fantasy games. Like sure. What about like no Xeno Gears? People have nostalgia for it, but again, like it's it's weird because you kind of want to strike a little bit of a balance of the nostalgia grab but also put games on there that are still somewhat decent to play and i don't know if that fits the bill there's a lot of weird like niche square games that people are really fond of but who gives a shit about einhander or like vagrant story you know i mean a lot of people the people who sony wants to market this to and the people who are actually going to buy it are two very different parties and i feel like a console like this needs to target that niche audience first because there isn't a nostalgia for this the way there is an old nintendo uh, system so, games that are not going to hold up at all. Twisted Metal is probably not going to hold up. Tom Clancy is definitely not going to. Siphon Filter, no fucking Like, chance. why do they choose t- Twisted Metal 1? Why not Twisted Metal 2 or 3? Well, that's coming on the sequel, of course. I think they're going to be different iterations of the PlayStation Classic. I feel like this isn't going to sell well at all, and Sony's going to totally back up off of it, you know? No, that's... They're going to veto themselves. I, I totally agree with that. The other thing that has going against it... Well, the thing that they were... They were fighting it up a battle, because... Sony has a history of biting Nintendo and biting them poorly, aping them. I don't know. I, I don't remember where we settle on those verbs. You know, to be fair, Nintendo isn't the one that invented this idea. No. Sega and Atari and everyone have been doing this for years and years, but it wasn't until Nintendo did it that it became a phenomenon. A phenomenon. It became a, like a chase item, you know, yeah. that was sold out for a year and a half just with the NES. Well, it, Nintendo was the first company who did it with games people wanted to play. Yeah, Atari did, but no one fucking cares. Nine people owned an Atari. A lot of people own the Atari, but it's just a different generation, and the games aren't good. They don't hold up at all. Not even close. Uh, but that, that's the thing with this console is a lot of these games aren't going to hold up. Some of them, like half this list I'm cool with. Like These are games that I haven't played in so many years, and to do so in a form factor like this with you know original hardware, like the controller being the original form factor, and it's like, that, that's, just, that's really cool. But you know there is no Crash. There is no Spyro, despite them getting remakes. There's no... Or because, like, I don't think that's a valid reason, but it, right. it could be someone's reason. No, I mean, Mega Man seems like... I mean, they got Capcom games in here. Why not Mega Man? How many Capcom games do they have? Two? Puzzle Fighter and um, Resident Evil. People were worried that it wasn't going to have any M-rated games and that that would shrink the audience, but I've said from the beginning that the audience for the PlayStation originally was the kind of people that wanted to play those M-rated games. It was Nintendo's for babbies and PlayStation's for the adults that don't want the the real 
big boy adult games. So it makes sense that you'd have to have M-rated games. Like you couldn't get away with not having a Resident Evil or a Silent Hill or some other gory game on there. PlayStation games didn't have a super high attach rate, but Grant like Gran Turismo is the best selling game on the console. And that's not on there. There's no Gran Turismo on there. And that's a first party game. They just didn't want to pay the licenses for those car companies, I guess. Which makes sense because why? what's the point of putting a fucking outdated shitty racing car game that doesn't hold up? Pay all I don't that know. Money. What's the point of putting out a console and charging $100 for it? <laughs> that too. If you're not going to make the thing for the people who would buy it, then why do it at all? Why half-ass it? I totally agree. This is pretty bad and I will not spend $100 on it. Period. Yeah, I mean, I would not be surprised if I saw these hanging out on shelves and they just couldn't move. <laughs> I'd be okay with it because if they mark it down, I'll buy one. But I'm not spending a hundred dollars. Not a fucking Benny on one of these pieces of shit. Come on, come on. What's your What's your price? Sixty. I mean, you're getting two controllers, but they're two controllers without joysticks. They don't have fucking like, joysticks. Come on. I, come I, on. I, I, listen, I would do eighty. Okay, because it's too much. I would do eighty, but that's like eighty's too much. I'd feel bad about it, but I would do you're it. You're paying eighty just to play Puzzle Fighter. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And like open up Twisted Metal once and be like, yep, there's Sweet Tooth. I, I've yep. never played a Twisted Metal game. Here's D-pad steering. Great. So, well, yeah, that, that's awful. Yeah, and Metal Gear Solid definitely doesn't hold up. I played that uh, three, four years ago, the original incarnation. Just awful. Just just wait for the GameCube classic, dude. You get Twin Snakes on there. Well, we'll see if that ever happens. You know what? what again, what this has going against it is that this generation of games has very few titles that hold up, whereas the NES and the Super Nintendo, the games they put on there, especially the Super Nintendo, are classic games. They hold up. Those are... like That generation is, in a lot of ways, that is the best iteration of of those kinds of games. The Game Boy sort of refined some of that, but it didn't really get much better after that. It wasn't a generation of developers like figuring out how to control games. They knew how to do Everyone it. Everyone knows, knows how to control a game in 2D. Right. The worst games on the Super Nintendo are the weird behind the back faux 3D racers. Like Super Mario Kart is not a good game. Not at all. F Zero is not a good game. No. It's not fun to play those games with a D pad and with a bad mode seven, you can't see shit. So it makes sense that an entire generation would struggle and like the best games on those consoles are the ones that nail it or the ones that don't even try to go for that. So like Symphony of the Night would have been a perfect get for the PlayStation classic because it's just a great super Nintendo game right? that people love and want to play. And clearly Konami is trying to, it's so bizarre <laughs> that they just released some of the night on the PS4. They finally got that licensing and it's exclusive on a Sony platform and they couldn't get it for this little dinky box. It's so bizarre, man. Cause we got metal gear. It's like, I, I just, yeah. they put the worst of the options on. I just, I don't get it. Uh, and so people clamoring for the N64 classic, I, I also, that has more nostalgia behind it than this does. The N64 right. classic makes sense just because it will sell. And there's so many people who just want to experience some of those titles again. Who you know. And in a way, it's a much more bespoke experience because of how weird that controller was and how focused it was on multiplayer titles. Yeah. And that's what makes it difficult and makes it more enticing for an N64 classic because you can put those party games on there. Mario Kart 64 not being the best Mario Kart, but it's the first good Mario Kart. Yeah. Do you sell that console with four controllers or do you sell the controller separately and make it really weird and hard to get? Like, Listen, I don't know. They could sell an N64 Classic with four controllers, Mario Party, Mario Kart, and Super Smash Bros. and sell it for 120 bucks, and people would buy it. Check it out, though. You sell it with two controllers, then you and your friend have to get it so that you can play four-player games. Love it. 
Brilliant. Do it. And shout out for some of the licensing and some of the on some of the better titles. Team up with Microsoft, get some rare titles on there. You need Goldeneye, you need Perfect Dark. Goldeneye is is the licensing issues are with the people who hold the the, the rights the, to that property with James. I don't Bond. know. They figured it out for a remake on the Wii, which was weird because they ended up using Daniel Craig's likeness to replace Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, very weird. So but they couldn't figure I don't it know out. What's going on? They couldn't figure it out for the Red Replay, which right. was this big a Microsoft exclusive, and it's supposed to be this big thing for their. Yeah, console. Microsoft's got more money than God, so it's kind of that lends credence to that. It'd be the first thing that people hack onto it. Yeah. Well, it's bad. Sorry, PlayStation. Bummer. I'm real bummed out about it. Better luck next time. <laughs> I would be remiss not to mention Red Dead Redemption, which of course launched less than a week ago, as of the time of this recording. Neither of us have played it. I said I wasn't going to buy it until I finished God of War. I have since put one hour into God of War. Nice. But I have both beaten and 100% of the Spider-Man DLC. Right on. And started a new game plus on Ultimate Difficulty, so I can get the last two trophies to keep my 100% trophy completion. Are those difficulty-based then? Yes, unfortunately. It's one for finishing new game plus and one for beating on Ultimate. However, so far... I've been, I'm just gold pathing the game. I'm not getting any collectibles. I'm just going story mission to story mission. And so far, I am like 15% of the way through, and I have not had a single issue with the difficulty. That's good. And so part of that was just finally like nailing my fighting style and, and optimizing how I use the gadgets and optimizing my, um, my loadout, right? My suit loadout and my whatever the perks are. And I'm, I'm finally using a suit power that is, just way OP that I'd never used in the original run called Web Blossom. And if you're listening to this and you played Spider-Man, you know all about Web Blossom. Yep. I didn't use it at all. Not a single time. Even I know about Web Blossom, guy. Yeah, I'm a big dummy. And so now I'm using that. And so now a lot of the really tedious aspects of the game I'm blowing through. I'm really just enjoying swinging around, hitting my story uh, beats, and just, you know, I'm skipping all QTEs. There's an option for that. Didn't know. Bro, uh, yeah, nice. I'm skipping all puzzles, which is nice. So I'm I'm just trying to get to the end of the game, enjoy the story, and get my fucking trophy. And I am enjoying the goddamn out of it, Nick. You're just speed running that game. Good for you. I'm loving it. Except I wish you would be playing God of War instead. I know, but I just I'm not having fun with it. I just I have to beat it because I want to know the resolution to their story. But I'm just I, I dread going back to it. It's so it's just slow and boring and i'm just like i don't want to do these fucking shitty environmental puzzles i don't want to they're not that hard but they're just they're not fun they're just such a chore to do it's a good story ej it's a, I know. It's a good game i know but but anyway so spider-man the dlc was good i heard it was fairly short it was very short is it cl- very clear to you that it is the first of three parts Oh, absolutely. The story, okay. absolutely. The story totally wrote me in. I absolutely love Black Hat as a character. And and her dynamic with Peter, it was just really enticing. I'm guessing there's some there's some tension oh, that you can cut with a knife. A lot of sexual tension. And I'm just like, I, I, I'm seeing their relationship unfold. And I'm like, I don't know if just from personal experience or something, but I really just... I vibe what's happening and I get it. And Peter's in between a rock and a hard place. Oh. And and in the least sexy way possible. The hard places is dead. Oh, baby. <laughs> no, I, man, I'm telling you, it was really interesting. And there's some cool new mechanics, which is cool. There was a new mechanic with some of the bad guys, even though all the baddies are just the same thugs you fight through the entire game. Right. There's some new mechanics as far as, you know, in the in the opening sequence, spoiler alert, you're in an art gallery trying to prevent bad guys from escaping. So you basically have to guard the entrance 
And so it's a minor thing, but it adds a little variation to your combat. It doesn't overstay its welcome necessarily. It offers new collectibles. However, the main new collectible is presented with kind of its own side story with kind of a cool little twist that ties into the main narrative. So that was actually really cool. Not to feel like I was just chasing birds or not that I had issues with too many of the collectibles in the main run. A lot of them still felt like you're chasing backpacks down and you're getting some lore and it's, you know, it's, it's fun, but this directly tied into the main narrative. Uh, and like I said, offered a little twist at the end. And I saw it coming to you by the end. I was like, ah, okay, I know what's happening. And then it happens. And I'm like, fuck. Oh man. They got me and it was too late to back out, man. That was fun. But it ends on a huge cliffhanger, Nick. Like, absolutely, this is a three-part story and not three separate DLCs. Right. Uh, this is an overarching narrative, which I was not expecting. Maybe I should have been, but I wasn't. Yeah, I feel like they messaged it sort of that way, but it, was, it wasn't extremely clear what the, the setup was like. And do we have the names for the next two? I know the whole thing is the, uh, the city that never sleeps, and the first one's the heist. I don't know if we have the second and third names yet. The heist, Turf Wars, and... Um, silver lining. So based on those names, do you have a kind of a inkling of what those could, what avenues those stories could, could take? Yes. So do you have a spoiler? However you want me to get here? I mean, you can get as spoiler as you want. I'm not going to play the game. I've already, I've already watched the final cut scene and the final boss fight and everything just to sort of put myself in the know. Sure. So spoiler alert for Spider-Man DLC and the title proper here. Yeah. I would imagine because I've, from what I've heard is that this DLC is clearly post game which i at first wasn't sure because they were kind of vague about it and then there's a moment where miles morales calls you who at the end of the, the proper game develops spider powers that jumps and, to the ceiling and he calls and he mentions something about it and he wants to be trained by peter i'm like cool so this is post game and i'm really glad because games like horizon they had a their post game dlc took place during the main narrative and it completely fucked me up and i couldn't like go back and put myself back in that place didn't like it, especially yeah, it's weird. Wasn't it level gated too? Yeah, it was very bizarre. And it was especially after the beautiful ending to that game and a very satisfactory resolve, a resolution rather just, I couldn't go back. And so, and I don't have a desire to, like, I played the main game and that was enough for me. Spider-Man so far is doing it right. So what happens in this is black cat who, if you know, Spider-Man is a cat burglar. Her old man was a cat bur burglar at one point and in different iterations of the comic, she and Peter team up and sometimes she's the good guy and sometimes she's the bad guy, but she's all, she's all about mostly petty crime. Um, well not petty crime, right? She's not robbing liquor stores, but you know, she's a cat burglar, right? She's, she's robbing art galleries and, and she's, she's stealing from the rich. Yeah. Definitely a gray character. Right. And she, I mean, she's not murdering people, whatever. So in this world, there's clearly an established relationship between them. And we saw a little bit about uh, a little bit of that, in the main narrative, you never yeah, meet black those cat. cats, right? You know, she exists. She gives you a suit. If you complete her side quest or her uh, collectibles. So, you know, she's her and Peter have been through it, but in this DLC, you find out that they dated for a while, like properly dated. So I'm assuming black cat knows Peter's secret identity. And I say, just did some weird cosplay shit for six months. I don't know, but I mean, that could be pretty hot. I mean, yeah. don't knock it. He's just wearing the mask and she's wearing the, the eye mask that doesn't, like obscure your identity at all. Right, right. Like we know it's you, Felicia. <laughs> yeah. So what happens is she shows up, she's robbing again. And we find out that the, the last place Peter left her was you should use your abilities for good. And so she went straight and she, her and Peter teamed up and fought some crime. And then she got a job and was just being a normal person. And he hadn't heard from her in quite a while. And now she's back up to her old antics, right? 
and it turns out she's trying to bring down, and this is where the next couple DLC comes into play. She's trying to trick Hammerhead or steal his wealth or something. Hammerhead, of course, this big mob gang boss, and now that Kingpin's gone and the demons are gone, Hammerhead's moving back in. Yeah, power vacuum. It's classic, classic storyline. And Hammerhead's a classic Spider-Man villain. He's literally Hammerhead. He's got a big metal plate in his head. He fucking rams people and he's bulletproof and shit and whatever. And so... Turf Wars is leading up to, so Black Cat stealing all this data from them in order to basically rob him blind. And so Turf Wars, I'm assuming, is going to be now these gang families going at it. Um, Spidey's going to be out for vengeance because, again, spoiler alert, at the end of this, Black Cat is seemingly dead. Her uh, penthouse explodes because, again, she is trying to steal all this, uh, some USB drives, this big elaborate scheme. She enlists Peter's help by saying, they kidnapped my son. And so the whole time, Peter is working under false pretenses, assuming that or thinking that her son's been kidnapped and also thinking that he could be the father, which right. is a very interesting twist where it's like Spidey's obviously doing the right thing, but he's also doing it like, oh, fuck, like this could be my kid. And like, what's going to happen now that I'm back together with MJ and like just something that 23, 24 year old, this poor guy doesn't need to be dealing with. With great power. Right. Right. And so anyway, turns out there's no kid. She's just robbing again. And then he, he finds out that they're about to put a hit on Black Cat and that her penthouse is about to explode. So he's trying to chase her and say, Felicia, they're going to fucking kill you. Watch the fuck out. And she's like, oh, I'm fine. You're you're just whatever. trying to Don't be so clingy. Yeah, right. Like whatever. She was just like, <laughs> all right, Spidey, leave me alone. Well, then she fucking opens the door and explodes and seemingly dies. So anyway, I'm assuming what's going to happen is the next one is going to be all about Peter trying to uh, exact some sort of revenge and put a hammer head away and there's going to be the crime families going at it and Peter will be caught in the middle of it it'd be really funny if uh, the, either this DLC or one of the DLCs ended with you know Peter at a gravestone some rain holding a, an umbrella oh fuck don't do that to me just it has to every storyline has to end with a funeral well I'm curious to know if silver lining silver sable no no initially that's what I thought like when I read the, the names who knows maybe silver sable could silver come back surfer. into it Silver Surfer, yeah. He's no, a crime boss now. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling that Felicia's obviously not dead. She'll be back. And Silver Lining is going to leave off with sort of a glimmer of hope that Felicia will finally turn her ways around and then we can get some cool fucking team-ups in Spider-Man 2, which I'm all about because, again, I love this character. I love the sexual tension between them. I love this vague history that they have and this back and forth, the chemistry between these two characters, whether it's the sexual tension or if it's just the banter. And at one point you literally control black cat. Like you can tell her like where to go and you can stealth take down an entire facility together. And you're kind of directing her and doing your own thing. It's such a cool mechanic, a lot of chemistry there in a way that like, there was zero chemistry with Peter and MJ zero. MJ right. was such a fucking dud in this game for me. Like, I obviously didn't like playing as her or Miles. I I, I didn't like the forced slowdown aspects of the game. Yeah, but at least Miles had a good character. Well, I like what they did with MJ's character. Like, I, I, I appreciate that she's not just the ditzy model damsel in distress. I like that there's a story there and that she... There's a reason for her to be a part of Spider-Man's story. She's a reporter. She's an investigative journalist. And they're mm-hmm. investigating these going-ons in the city. So there's crossover despite them not wanting to cross over, like they've broken up and like, I like that. The performance was kind of meh. And at times it felt like MJ is just sort of being cold and shitty to Peter. When it's like, dude, Peter is working his fucking ass off to be a scientist and a fucking superhero. 
And it's like MJ was so hot and then cold and then just out of nowhere, a complete bitch to Peter. There was no chemistry there. And I was like, Peter, why are you putting up with this shit from her? And so that's just a characterization. Like that's what Insomniac decided to do. They kind of made Peter this perfect, like, oh, poor me kind of kind of guy. Yeah, just like the, the G whiz. Right. Down on my luck. Right. Boy, I sure am homeless, but I can't even talk to the girl I'm in love with. Right. And Peter Parker is... Honestly, he's more of like, like a lot of times he's portrayed as like this pariah who, who like everything that's wrong, he's done to himself. He's the reason Uncle Ben was killed. He's the reason Gwen Stacy was killed. Right. Yeah. He's a martyr for his own like cause basically. Right. And he's, and he's kind of outcast. Society hates him and his loved ones, he pushes his loved ones away. And it's like all as a direct result of his decisions a lot of the time and whether it's fair or not, it's just the way it shakes. They kind of, like you said, it's kind of the gee whiz, poor me kind of thing. And MJ just, it seemed like she was just kind of piling onto Peter's problems. And they didn't, I just mm-hmm. didn't think the chemistry was there and the, their relationship just didn't do it for me. Hopefully they can improve upon that in the next one. It seems like they've sort of resolved on the end of the storyline as them sort of being like back together. Yeah. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see their dynamic with that being less of a problem and maybe just end with it being them splitting up. Like just that's and we can't con- like consolidate this. We can't figure it out. I can't be like the regular. I can't be the Peter Parker you want me to be because I have to be Spider Man. I also feel like that the way they've written these characters is that now they have this. They're they're woven together. She's this investigative journalist, and she's sort of the sidekick. She's the she's the guy in the chair, right? To steal a quote from Homecoming, right? She's not really, I mean, she's like on the ground and like stirring up trouble. She's like the one kicking the hornet's nest and then Peter's coming in with the smoke. Well, later in the game, it's like very clear that there's a partnership. She's doing all the digging and giving him intel and directing him and telling him like, hey, this is where this is happening and you need to be here. And they do work together to take down Martin Lee and the demon gang. And so it's almost like, like you said, if they break up because, oh, we can never have a normal life because you're Spider-Man, like that wouldn't make sense. MJ has accepted that and is all in on it and is living her own parallel life without superpowers stirring up that trouble. Well, you can accept it and not be like, want to be romantically entangled with it. Sure. I just don't want to see that. They they just told that story and they did end up together. I feel like if they were going to have them not be together, they should have done that here. They told it from a different angle though. It was like that had already happened in the past and it was them trying to fix that or trying to heal it after the time, which is an interesting angle. That's something that we don't see very often. In these kind of these storylines, usually we see the the normal thing, right? But it would just be interesting to see now that we've seen that arc going up, where they're going to go from there. It's yeah. not just going to be like smooth sailing because that's boring. You need conflict for there to be an interesting storyline. So I just wonder what that's going to look like, and if Felicia is going to play more of a role in that in the next game, or Peter's role as a mentor for Miles. Like, there's a lot of different things that they've set in motion. I really hope the next game. I want Venom. Give me the symbiote as the overarching story. You, you planted those seeds with Norman Osborn and Harry Osborn. And so we can get like a little Green Goblin. We can get a little symbiote action. Um, I, I don't want them to be one and the same. Like I hope Norman Norman can be the Green Goblin and Harry can somehow lead to the symbiote thing. But give me team ups with Miles. Like give me two proper Spider-Man. I will absolutely love that. That's not been done. We're getting the Spider-Verse. But actually having two Spider-Men on the same in the same city and, and have it just like this. That's just the the new normal in, in this version of Spider-Man. And I would love that. But I want, more, cool. I want more Black Cat. And How would you want them to differentiate them, either mechanically or storyline-wise? 
So I don't think they need to differentiate them mechanically. I, I don't think that's the case. I don't necessarily want... I want to play Spider-Man. The best part about that game is being Spider-Man and, and whipping around the city and exploring the city and doing all that. So I don't need... You know, like I said, the MJ and Miles parts sucked. They fucking suck. And again, that's the only time during this Ultimate New Game Plus I'm going through that I just put the controller down. I'm like, okay, I need a break. Is As soon as I hit that MJ part, or as soon as I hit that Miles part, I'm like, I'm just out. This is so boring, and it's so sluggish. Like The controls are obtuse, and it's the force stealth. It just takes you out. I don't want that. I just feel like there should be something differentiating them to make it more interesting. Otherwise, you're just playing like, Super Mario World two players where sometimes you're Mario but with the green hat. Like you're not Luigi. You're just I totally green disagree. Mario. I, the mechanics can stay the same, but it's all about the character development and the story you're telling. And you can you tell a unique story about Miles through his. I just eyes. think that'd be that'd be a waste if you just kept it mechanically identical. That'd be dude. Mechanically, kind of he's bummer. fucking Spider Man. What do you do? He's Spider Man. I don't know. I'm not the one creating a video game and having large creative control over. The way a game plays and feels. You know? I would rather split my time between Miles and, and Peter, but then let me play as Black Cat or something. And like she has a whole host of mechanics that would be cool. I think that's extremely likely. That would be Especially awesome. With how they added Catwoman to the Batman games, and these are like whole cloth copy paste of those. So it makes sense that they would. <laughs> I totally disagree that they are copy paste. I'm just, I'm just kidding. You're just trying to fucking get me. You got me, dude. I got your goat, dude. You got me, dude. Go got. Go got. Damn it. So anyway, the DLC was really cool. The only issue I have with it is the fact that they're releasing it in three parts. I do not want to wait a month to play the next right. part. Like I wish they would have just dumped the whole thing and given me another 10 hours of Spider-Man. Yeah, I wonder what the impetus behind that decision was. If it was like a marketing thing, trying to keep new cycles happening as yeah. October, November, and December are super busy. Yeah. Or if it's them playing around with a episodic release because it seems like developers have been enticed by that in the past, but it's had very mixed results as far as sales numbers and all that kind of stuff. Or it hasn't who worked. Who knows why, but... It hasn't worked, and I don't think it will work. Well, we don't know if it works because we don't we don't see the numbers. We don't see the tail, especially. All we know is what we ourselves feel about right. it. I guess it's anecdotal. So it depends on like how it changes the development cycle, how it changes how many people you're working for how long, and what that all looks like. It's I don't, I don't have that kind of knowledge to judge whether or not it's successful. All I know is that it clearly wasn't successful enough for Telltale, and it wasn't successful enough for Square Enix to keep IO Interactive after doing Hitman episodically. But And now their next game is coming out all at once. So I think it's clear like why those games don't work. It's just people either drop off and don't play it because they want instant gratification, or they yeah, wait. People don't even want TV episodically anymore. No. You're basically just watching a 10-hour movie on Netflix now. Like, exactly. It doesn't make sense that video games would suddenly decide to do this episodic thing when it's clearly failing everywhere else. People don't want to wait. They want it all, or they don't want it. Mm. So, it doesn't make sense to me, but hopefully... It was a, it was a good experiment. It's, it's worth trying new things. I mean, it's going to keep me that. around, but that's only because, again, I bought the special edition PlayStation... And I got the DLC with the bundle, right? So it's like, I have it. I'm going to play it because I love the game. But otherwise, I don't think I would have I would have waited till I could buy it all in December and played it on my Christmas break. And, you know, it makes sense as a publisher to try and make a single-player game sell like a live game. Like, it makes a lot of sense. It makes sense that they would try that. It doesn't make sense, I think, fiscally for them. I don't think it makes sense for the consumer. Like, I, it makes sense that they would try... Because they look at that model and go, oh, it's super lucrative. But it's a different, it's a completely different product. It's not even just about lucrative. It's also about keeping people engaged over longer stretches of time and uh, d- 
disincentivizing people trading in their games. I think Sony wants you to buy Spider-Man and not return it to GameStop before Black Friday. Like they only want people to buy that game new. So they're going to be like, well, we're just going to keep eking out this DLC over the next like few months. That makes sense. Release a September game and keep them engaged so that people at Black Friday buy. That makes sense. Get through the first holiday season, people buying new games, and then it doesn't matter. Because I'm sure they saw a huge drop off for uh, Horizon. Their DLC was like six, seven months after the game came out. Yeah. And by the time the DLC came out, you could buy the game of the year edition, which was the game of the DLC for like 40 bucks, which is bonkers. But player retention doesn't make sense because once they buy it, Sony's got the money. And if someone plays it for six days or six weeks or six months, it doesn't garner any more cash for the company. It does matter because if you trade a game in, that's one more copy that someone can buy for $30 from GameStop and not $60 at retail. That's true. I wonder how, how that actually affects it because some people are just not going to buy a new, right? That might be a really small use case. But anyway, Spider-Man was cool. Nick, I wish you'd play it. I just, it doesn't frustrate me, but I just don't get, you You have such a particular taste and you, you're not willing to branch outside of that. I feel like I, I at least play the games you want me to play. I branch out and try and see what's for me and sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. You were just so staunch and oh, I'm not going to like that. Well, you don't know because you never played a game like that. I mean, I did, I played Shadow of Mor- Shadow of Mordor. Totally different. Right? But I mean, similar in the button inputs and the way it feels like the way you magnetize the enemies. I just don't like any of that kind of stuff. I, I think you got to give it a try. I just don't think I like modern AAA combat. I think that's just not for me. <sighs> I have a feeling I'm probably not going to like uh, Horizon that much either. I like the old school jank, man. You tried playing Monster Hunter with me. I played 130 hours of that game and you bounced off it immediately. Yeah, not I for think me. it's because we just have completely different desires when it comes to combat. The game's game. just too fucking obtuse. The combat wasn't... The combat was still just fucking, here's a heavy attack, here's a light attack, here's a dodge button. Did you even look at the combos, dude? Fuck, no one looks at the combos. I looked at the combos. It's fucking button mashing. It's too obtuse. Too too much. The the, the barrier of entry is way too high for someone who just wants fucking game they can play after work. You know? If you don't want to be challenged by a game, why don't we just watch a movie? Wow. (laughs) Motherfucker, I'm playing New Game Plus on fucking Ultimate right now. You can lick my tank. You can never give me that fucking EJ sucks at games thing ever again. On the Sony first party game with the highest platinum completion rate out of any of their, their first party releases. Do you think it's the highest platinum uh, completion rate because it's the easiest platinum or because it's just the fucking dopest game and the collectibles are so enticing and not boring and repetitive that people actually felt like completing the game? I think it's because it's the easiest game because it was also the best selling game of September because MPD... Uh, Results came out. So in the U.S., it was the best-selling game across all platforms. It outsold 2K. Good. It was it's fucking, wild. It's a damn good fucking game. It's outsold uh, Monster Hunter World year-to-date, so that means that it sold a lot. Monster Hunter Worldwide just sold over 10 million, so that's probably five of that in the U.S. So Spider-Man's probably got like 6 million sale- sales in the first month. Dude, Spider-Man's fucking great. And 15% of those people got the Platinum. And I think that's because... It's an easy, easy game for babies. <laughs> wow. Wow. I fucking dare you to platinum that game, Nick. Uh, I would only platinum if it was fun. You pussy. I fucking hate you so much. This has been the Constant Crusade Podcast. Uh, you guys can check us out on all the places. We're on Twitter. You can email us. Smash Bros. is happening. Enjoy that. We'll, we'll fucking talk to you next year. All right. See you later, guys. He just hung up on me. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> good bit. Good bit. Let's, dude. Just, let's just keep. Let's just. Let's just keep the ball rolling. Smash Bros. The fucking the Grinch leak, dude. <laughs> Up again. <laughs> no, he's frozen. You gotta be he's fucking kidding going. me. This bit is undying. What is happening? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Where are you at, boy? Are you freaking kidding me? This bit is too much. What are you doing? Hey, you were frozen. That's you, clearly. Was I I've frozen? Got, I've got flawless... You hung up on me. I don't know what happened. It, you fro You did the weird face, and then I was like, oh, Nick's frozen. And I hung up. Well, that's your internet, clearly, because I've got flawless internet right now. <sighs> All right. Anyway, we're back. We're back, boys. Oh, my God. Smash Bros. Grinch leak. Biggest since the ESRB leak uh, five years ago. Five years ago? Four years ago. Four years ago. Time. It passes. Yeah, and that was like a similar uh, distance away from launch too, wasn't it? For the 3DS version at least. Fuck, I can't remember that song ago. Well, I mean, shame on Nintendo for putting off releasing the most information until a month out from the game. It's, like, it's come absurd. On. It's absurd. What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? We should You're already know. For trouble. We should already know the entire roster. We should have known since E3. Honestly, we fucking should have. <laughs> Everyone's buying this game. Just fucking tell us. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like, Jesus. I can respect a good hype video and a good 30 minute Smash Bros. Direct. All that kind of crap. I'm a sucker for it. You are. But come on. But come on. Be more transparent. Let us know at least when we're going to know. Announce an announcement. For Christ's Just sake. Just fucking tell us, Nintendo. And by the time we put this video out, it's probably going to be like, oh, Smash Bros. Direct tomorrow. I already told you I called it. It's going to be direct on Thursday. Okay. I think. Direct on Thursday. Nick's calling it. November 1st. I don't have a fucking horse in this race. I don't know. I don't care. I just, I want it. I want to know. You've got the biggest horse in this race, and that is your desire to play a Smash Bros. Smash Bros. I'm so excited. It's fucking five and a half weeks away. Yeah, so you like, you got the gist of the leak. I, I did. I caught up on this. I caught up on the whole Grinch thing because I'm not going to lie to you, Nick. They're calling this the Grinch leak. I literally thought at one point, because I saw the initial picture leak before it was named, I saw you the original leak. the Grinch leak. was in Smash Bros? I literally thought the Grinch was in Smash Bros. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? And when, when that whole thing happened and people were tweeting pictures of the Grinch and being like, oh my God, this has to be real, I checked out. I was like, dude, fuck you. The fucking Grinch, bitch ass, fucking green ass, ugly ass motherfucker. Are you kidding me? So I checked out. And I finally went back. I was like, oh, they're still talking about the same leak. And okay. And then I found, I'm like, okay, it all makes sense. So. Yeah, the ESRB leak was that uh, e the ESRB was going to be in Smash Bros, right? <laughs> you fucking wow, idiot. <laughs> well, people are posting pictures of the Grinch, and I'm just like, I was like, what Yeah, because the they fuck? don't want to spoil people if it's true. I mean, that's just being nice. Whatever. Spoiler. It's Who fucking cares? Spoilers are so fucking stupid. You're an idiot if you don't want to be spoiled on a game you're going to buy in five weeks. Fuck you. You're going to buy the game. It's not a spoiler. It's not a story spoiler. Oh, you spoiled the ending of the game for me. Bitch, it's the fucking roster of a game you were going to play on day one. Shut the fuck up about spoilers. That shit pisses me off. People are, are pussies on the internet. You're probably right. God. But I was kind of bummed that I knew that uh, there was going to be Castlevania characters the night before that direct happened. That was a bummer. Right, because the direct, the direct is all about the hype moment. But it's like, right. Nintendo spoiled for me that Richter and Simon were going to be Smash Bros. They spoiled it. That was supposed well, I mean, to be a day one it surprise. Nintendo, it was someone covering that Nintendo had posted a video. No, no, no I know, like, but it, on their it was an unlisted video, so it was clearly people that like they're, they're they're diving deep into the URLs and shit. Like, what's a spoiler? Is Nintendo dropping a direct a spoiler? Because people telling you something that you don't know that you didn't you didn't consent to have knowledge of. I, okay, it's just so fucking dumb. It's just like 
it's not the ending of Red Dead Redemption 2. That's a spoiler because it ruins the experience the that you're building to. The ending of Red to. Dead Redemption 2 is the beginning of Red Dead Redemption 1, probably. Spoiler alert, Nick, you piece of shit. It's a prequel. Oh my <laughs> it god. It's like 10 years before Red Dead 1. Are you telling me that when you fucking watched The Phantom Menace, you knew that Anakin was going to become Darth Vader? Yes. Dude, midichlorians, bitch. <laughs> Get a life. Sorry, this is the whiskey talking. I'm mad. People it are bitches. Anger, you've killed this joke. Oh my god. So, so anyway, the leak, the yes. leak originated from some motherfucker Snapchatting his homies and someone leaked it to a discord server. What happened from there? So it got leaked to a discord server. Obviously that got broken down into 4chan and Reddit and Smashboards, all the places that people would be talking about this sort of thing and doing the side by side comparisons, examining the pixels looking for for pertinent information right because there's 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 a few different things there's the it was the banner right that they've shown in promotional materials and like at live events but in this banner there's some there's some changes there's some additions some shuffling around of characters of course it's a it's a video from a phone of a screen so it's not going to be high quality right which either makes it more <laughs> truthful or or less truthful it's easier to fake six pixels it's the it's the side things that lends more credence to this like the battlefield render that has not been done before and you know someone could have faked it they could make some mock-up and the blurriness of the phone is going to cover that up but they had that they had marketing material for other things like the grinch movie that is being worked on by illumination that's coming out in a month it was peeking Which is out. Why this is the Grinch leak? There's that. There's also a picture of a mug. There's a picture of him with Max as a dog. Right. There's a few different things. So th- these are other little bits of of posters and papers and other promotional promotional material, like you said, floating around. So it again lends credence to the idea that this is a third party marketing company who has been tasked with all of the all of the heavy lifting behind the marketing behind Smash Bros. Producing mass producing. And sending out posters, flyers, banners for retail. Right. Like storefront, pop-ups, all that kind of stuff. So they would logically have all of this information prior to the release. And then whoever shared this, uh, these screenshots from the Snapchat video, they did, uh, uh, they tried like marking up the the names so that it wasn't shown who, who, who leaked this out or who put this on their story. Right. With like the iPhone little marker thing mm-hmm. but apparently the iphone marker isn't fully opaque it's like 99 right. transparent like yeah it's so someone boosts the contrast and they got the guy's name and they searched him they found <laughs> his linkedin that he works for a print marketing company in france and that, that print marketing company has worked with bandai namco in the past this is r- so real the yarn strings on the cork board just keep getting <laughs> thicker man all right thicker. it's all connected listen the frogs are gay and Mock Rider is in Smash Bros. Ultimate. Hear me, you Nick Durheim. <laughs> okay. Listen, okay, okay. The banner, which we've seen in several directs now, where a character gets announced, and that banner, the characters all shift around, and the new character appears on the on the banner. Yeah, we've gotten uh, three versions at this point. Right. Four, because we just got the, the fourth one with Isabel being added. It's yeah. a very small difference. So this banner shows, in no particular order... Banjo-Kazooie, Gino from Mario RPG, Isaac from Golden Sun, Mock Rider from Mock Rider, 
<laughs> like, what the fuck? Chorus kids. That old chestnut. <laughs> right. Chorus kids from Rhythm Heaven. Ken, obviously, is going to be a fucking... Uh, Ryu clone. Ryu clone. What are they calling them now? Uh, Echo fighters. Echoes, not reflections. <laughs> Echoes. And then Ooh. Shadow. Shadow is a clone. Yeah, Echo. Canonically, is he's a clone of uh, Sonic and... Anyway, I don't want to get into the deep, dark roots of Shot yeah, Shadow I, the Hedgehog. I don't need Sonic Cannon. All right, not, this is not on this podcast. But yeah, that those are the added characters. And what made me sort of like have a big hmm scratch my chin was like these are a lot of characters that people have been asking for for a while, and that there were some there was some hubbub, especially like weirdly enough, the chorus kids had like some data in the last Smash Bros that people data mined out, and they saw either announcer like voice clips for or there was some uh or the like the stock icon or something there was something for chorus kids as like a playable character not as a assist trophy sort of thing right which is weird so it makes Isaac sense was then. an assist trophy i don't know when he started it might have been brawl but he was an assist trophy in smash 4 at least and he's not been shown as an assist trophy that was a lot of the same uh, speculation about uh, skull kid being added as a playable character because they showed the moon as an assist trophy but not him where yeah. he was in the past yeah but some interesting sort of things going on. So this list, I believe wholeheartedly, uh, not just because of all, I mean, the, so the leak happens and it turns it's out a it's a good list from this it marketing company. It's a really company. good list. <laughs> right. But you look at the, you look at the banner and it, even the small shitty little pixels, this looks legit. I know that's silly to say, but I saw it and I just knew, I just knew I'm like, this is real. So here's the thing. A lot of requested characters, but if you saw the results of the, the Smash 4 votes... I was just going to bring that up, too, yeah. Like, a lot of these characters are there. And a lot of the ones that were really highly requested have already been confirmed for this right. also. And that's how they gleaned the information that uh, Bayonetta was a desired character, and they added her right. as a DLC character. So I was feeling this list is real, and we have to have DLC for this game. So they're going to add a few fighters, whether that's... How do you feel about all these characters being at launch... Or do you think some of these will be DLC characters? If they're already making a banner and getting stuff like that prepped, it it would not make sense that they're DLC characters going into 2019. Would make. But sense. we also don't know like how far in the future that banner, what that's for, or I don't know. This is clearly this is like not meant to be publicly shown, so it's sort of hard to glean whether or not these are all like launch characters or whatnot. But I. I just wanted to bring that up yeah, to see what you thought, but I, I'm also in the camp that these all have to be launch characters. Yeah. It's also, you know, it was shown alongside promotional material for things that are also coming out around the same time. Yeah. Like this, this is not something for, for March 2019 that they're working on and have physical copies of alongside something that literally launches the same week. There have been some very convincing fake leaks that have come out surrounding Smash Bros in particular and Nintendo stuff in particular. But this is too deep and convoluted and bizarre to be like coincidental. Right. Who in their right mind is searching for French print media companies and seeing whether or not they're working with the Grinch and right. with Bandai Namco in the past? And like who put, no one puts those strings together it's too preemptively. Much. Like it's it's too it's too cute. Yeah. I uh, I just I realized the Grinch comes out November 9th. I thought it came out December 9th. No, it's. I thought it was like it's literally the same fucking week as Smash Bros. And their their promotion materials stacked on top of each other. No, yeah, and some people some people were saying that those were unseen renders before, but then I've also seen evidence of that being, like, those are renders that have already come out. Like, sure, and it's very easy to just put a blurry Grinch on a mug and call it good. It's like you said, it's too deep. 
it's, it's too it's deep. Really, this is okay. If everyone, if someone is new about this one intersect, they could easily fake this. I think just because it's so blurry, it's so low res. I could probably whip up a Photoshop of the battlefield empty and take a picture of my phone from a video and convince someone that that's like the true render. Like that's possible. This is yeah. a possible thing that can happen, but it's, it's too premeditated. It's, there's too much out, like other stuff going on and people finding the, uh, the French publication studio and they found a video of their studio, like for some French bank, their, their YouTube channel, like showing their customers off. Yeah. And they found that video like, and it confirmed, okay, yeah, this is totally, the, this is where the video was shot on the Snapchat video. That's, like wow. it's, it's too, it's too much. It's real. You know, it's real. And they, and they deleted the video. They pulled the video. The guy right. deleted his LinkedIn. Like he's, they're doing damage control. That's the thing about this is we all knew the ESRB leaks were real because Nintendo, they, they were putting out copyright claims and all the information. This company again. Yeah. The, on a weekend, no less right. are pulling videos. Like this wasn't just happenstance this again like you said damage control this is real nick i am convinced of it and you know what's bad about leaks like this this is why nintendo needs to get ahead of it and just get it out there is because if this isn't real there are gonna be so many disappointed fans 100 percent, i agree totally it's just been crazy uh and and the, and the snowball effect on the internet has just been I, I read some speculation and it only makes sense give it to me so there was that direct that was delayed by a week because of the earthquake. Oh yeah. I know where you're going with this. And someone had speculation that Isaac was going to be announced at the same time as Isabel. Mm -hmm. And that one of Isaac's main moves in the golden sun games is earthquake. Yep. And that would be extremely bad. If Nintendo the day after an earthquake happened said, Hey, here's our character that uses earthquakes, right? Check it out. It's so cool. (laughs) So they had to, they had to yank that, from the footage for that uh, that direct. So there, I need. I'm going to look up the quote that I read today. I don't know how reliable already, this is. Yeah, that was that was already. That's not referring to the the direct. That's referring to um, the article that Sakurai wrote for Famitsu. I already know what you're going for. Where Sakurai was like, content had to be cut. Yeah, he said we had to re, we, we had to rework it. He's talking about the article that he wrote. Oh. He does not talk about article. Like he's basically saying because we had to delay this a week. We had to change the content of it. That was the, uh, one of the translations. It's not very okay. clear what he's referring to, but it's in the context of it. It's he's talking about the article that he wrote because he does like a weekly article with Famitsu. Okay, because I was gonna say when I read that, I was like, oh, so they they did alter the direct in light right. of the earthquakes, and I'm sure they altered it. I'm sure they pulled out that stuff, and maybe that's why the pacing was a little bit weird in some other parts because they had to extend it out to keep it the same runtime. Right. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. It has to be real. So let's 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 operate under the assumption that this is accurate. This leak is 100% confirmable in the near future by Nintendo. Shadow makes sense because it's an easy clone. Ken makes right. sense, easy clone. Yep. Banjo, Gino, Mockers is new characters. Chorus Kids would have to be new characters. Isaac's the only one where I could see from from a lore perspective it wouldn't make sense to make Isaac a fucking clone of of He's got too much like psychic abilities that they would use for his move set. Like there's right. no way he's not using uh his move psi as like either a grab or like a crowd control push or using like moves like Ragnarok or Earthquake or even in the artwork, they they show green vines surrounding him, which is like wild growth. That's a move that he uses in the game. Mm-hmm. Like there's, He's got so much potential that I wouldn't want him to be like anchored down by being a clone of Ike or whatever, just because he has a sword. Totally agree. So it stands the reason that most of these are going to be brand new characters. It's not a third party, honestly. I mean, Banjo is rare. 
Geno's Square, uh, Ken is Capcom, and Shadow is Sega. That's interesting. But, I mean, it makes sense because Nintendo's been playing nice, and they have a track record now of, of doing this. And it's at a point now where if your character's not in Smash Bros., what's wrong with you? They got Solid Snake, Simon Belmont, and Trevor Belmont for Konami. All right? Nothing's impossible for Nintendo. It's impossible for so for uh, Sony. Listen. They can't get their good games on their classic Konami console. But is, Nintendo can. <laughs> Konami's giving their fucking characters away for a blowjob and some chewed bubble gum. Like, Konami is bleeding money anywhere that isn't a, involving a, a, a pachinko machine. Or a health spa. Come on. They do those, too. <laughs> Fair enough. So, it makes sense that Nintendo can throw enough cash at this. And for them, this is... This is Smash Bros. Ultimate. In their eyes, this is the biggest, the baddest, and the last iteration. Sakurai is done after this. He's been saying that for fucking years. But this is really... hes He, he is so... You, you read his tweets, and you see the things he says in the interviews and on the directs. This is his swan song, man. He is so proud of this and has worked so hard at this. And he feels so... I, I hate that his perception of the fandom is that we're never satisfied because I am so grateful for what this one man has done to like really craft all these memories of, from my childhood and carrying them on into a point where now we're 26, 27 years old. And I wonder how much of that is uh, what the tone of those statements are because you read about it and it's translated. So you're like two steps removed from like what he's actually saying. So I wonder if yeah. it's like a self deprecating, like the fans are never satisfied or is it, the fans are never satisfied. It, that's my motivation to always strive for better. Or is it the fans are never satisfied? I'm sick of these motherfuckers sending me Waluigi memes on Twitter. Like, we don't know what the context is. But you also have to take into account that even if, like, like you and I are perfectly happy with everything that man's ever done, and this franchise has been amazing to us. We're one of the few, right? Right, we are. We're some of the few people that are, like, not always just shaking our, our fists to the sky. No, we're just fucking happy because Smash Bros. Like I was telling people at work today, I was on a shoot today, and we were sitting down, and, and one of my buddies, he's like, my old man just bought an Xbox, and I don't know if I want to buy an Xbox or a PlayStation. And my buddy was like, oh, I used to game a lot, but now I have a daughter, and I don't want her to get hooked on video games, but I'm thinking about buying you know, X, Y, and Z. And, I, and we're kind of bantering about what consoles should they buy. And I said, listen, buy the switch and i listed off all the reasons they should buy the switch and then i said smash bros comes out in five weeks i said smash bros has been in my life for two decades you know what's been in my life for two decades my mom crash like like so rock legend of the goblins <laughs> those were in my life two decades ago there was two decades ago and and still after two decades it's like it's mario kart and that's pretty much it mario kart it's amazing that 20 years later, we're grown ass men and I'm still just as giddy to like get in the same room with my best friends and play a game that I loved when I was seven years old. That's fucking cool, man. So, so we are, we are happy, but let me tell you this character list. I don't take issue with it because at this point I feel like anything they give us is bonus because yeah. this roster is bogus, dude. It's insane. <laughs> it's yeah, ridiculous. It is, it is really, it's really, uh, it's it's a lot. It's too but, much. He can't articulate. He's just giggling. Let me tell well, you though. All, all seven of these characters, well, five new characters, by the way, they count it. That's 73 characters. Oh, you know what else lends credence to the, this being real? Is a mm -hmm. leaked number months or weeks ago. I don't know how long ago. Oh, the, weeks the, ago. the stage the list. The stage number. list. That number, 108, 
Is that right? Yeah, we're, we're at 103 right now. Five new characters, five new stages. And they're all from different, uh, like, new franchises, too. Like, we don't have representation for Gino or Isaac or Mock Rider or Chorus Kids. This is seven new Banjo. characters, though. No, five new characters, two Echoes. The Echoes aren't going to get their own stages? No. Have Echoes not gotten new stages thus far? Well, I mean, that's just the that's the logic behind it. Because hmm. they're also not new. Like, they don't get a new number, either. They just get put put next to the character they're an Echo of. Okay. So Shadow will be next to Sonic and Ken will be next to right. Ryu. But I'm trying to think, have any other Echoes gotten their own stages? I can't, I can't remember. Well, I mean, define what characters, like, they're, they're franchise stages. They're not character stages, you know? So it's not like Daisy's going to have her own stage. What, what would Lucina's stage be versus Marth or versus the other 10 Fire Emblem characters, you know? That, that's murky, too, because they're retroactively making certain characters echoes. Or, like, there's, there's two Sonic stages, but, like, what does a Shadow stage look like? I don't think character stages, I don't think that matters. I think it's more just these are new... Like, there's not a Banjo-Kazooie character. There's not a Super uh, Mario RPG character. There's not a Golden Sun character. Fair. There's not a Golden Sun stage either. I mean, there, there are very like rare exceptions where there's a stage but no uh, character representation, like Electroplankton and, like, Picnichat. But those are more just, like, goofy yeah. little one-off things. Right. And I don't even know what the, the Venn diagram looks like for characters. And, like, it took... Took till Brawl for there to be even a Fire Emblem stage. There wasn't a Fire Emblem stage in Melee. But I don't know if that's still the case where there are characters that don't have their own stage. I think that's not true anymore because of how they've added so much music and that each stage is like tied to that series' music, especially now where they changed the the ruling on that too, which is cool. Huh. It's so interesting. There isn't uh, a Melee, uh, there's no Fire Emblem stage for, for Melee. Yeah, the first one's Coliseum and Brawl. There were supposed to be. Oh, it got cut? It got cut. So, yeah. Akania uh, Ak- is a stage remnant in Super Smash Bros. Melee that can only be accessed through the activation of the debug menu. The debug game. Actual uh, action replay. Um, very interesting. So, do you know that uh, uh, Brawl was delayed so that Sonic could be added at the last minute? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Interesting. Fun fact for you. So, the thing about this list that confuses me, there are Tell me what confuses you. There are much bigger franchises that I think deserve a spot, um, and that's that's considering the licensing issues. If I were to, you know, licensing aside, I'm now looking at like Crash. Crash was never realistic to me. Like I, I, I hoped, and I, I call I said, oh, Crash is going to be a character, but. Also, no one was really thinking about Crash Bandicoot until two years ago when they announced the remaster. And I, I wonder how much of this uh, like character list was sort of nailed down by then. You know I, how I'm much curious. Was, how much they were they were considering doing last minute additions because, like you said, a lot of the characters they they've put in so far have been the ones that were highly requested in the Smash ballot. Crash, though, I feel like it's been a topic of conversation, just like Goku, and, and especially once they started. Yeah, but just like Goku, I wonder if they just completely disregarded those. Like, they're not be like, okay, Shrek was the number one voted character. We're not putting Shrek in our, our Nintendo fighting game. But it's like, Crash makes sense given the history between Nintendo and Sony, and given, like, okay, we've got Mega Man, we've got Pac-Man, and we've got Sonic, and we've got Crash, like these big, these staples of these consoles 
of, of these major contemporaries, right? Well, I mean, even Sonic. I mean, they've been doing like Sonic and Mario go to the Olympic Games for the past 15 years, and they're actually some of the best-selling games on the Nintendo's home consoles. Isn't that fucked like up? Crash? By the time Crash was third-party and was on Nintendo consoles, they were crap, and nobody really bought them. Yeah. No, that makes Whereas, sense. Like, Mega Man, Mega Man, like made his name on NES. Yeah. Sonic had a half of Sonic's games, probably even more than half of Sonic's games have been on Nintendo consoles at this point. This is why Goku makes more sense than Crash. Goku's been on Nintendo platforms since Goku makes more sense than, than Crash, but Goku is a manga character. And they've already said they don't want to add like anime or manga characters. <sighs> Sakurai said it. that in an interview. I get it. That's a can of worms. You just you can't go down that path, man. I get it. I mean, they got Cloud, and that's the weirdest one. Is Cloud weirder than, like, Bayonetta? Yeah. Nintendo paid for a Bayonetta 2. They Fair. believe yeah, in that right. character. You're right. Cloud has been in, like, two spinoff games on 3DS. He was in a Theater Rhythm game and in a Kingdom Hearts game. But the reasoning... I, I, I read the interview about the reasoning behind Cloud, and, and I understood immediately why it was Cloud. Because Final Fantasy, if you had to choose one representative from Final Fantasy, it's going to be Cloud. I mean, yeah. 100%. It has to be. It doesn't matter that he's not on a Nintendo console. They needed a Fire or a Final Fantasy character. They're gonna put Cloud in there. He's he's iconic. So to wrap this up, do you, Nick, believe beyond a shadow of a doubt this is real? I do, but I don't wanna be like I don't wanna be a hundred percent believing in it, if that makes sense. Cause I don't want it to in the very rare occurrence that this is fake and we get an announcement and it's just like too shitty it's like we get incineroar and nothing else right i don't want to like i don't want that i don't want that pain on my shoulders you know you don't, I don't need that at nintendo for not living up to these imaginary expectations i get that right yeah so i i, I think this is true but i'm not gonna let it i'm not gonna be excited until i see it <laughs> okay in the direct on thursday okay <laughs> the only character i mean mock rider no idea who that is i thought mock rider was a fucking captain falcon echo It'd be funny. To be honest with you. I don't know you. who Mock Rider is. He drives a motorcycle, I think. Also, how are we sure that that's fucking Mock Rider? That's just a shitty, blurry pixel. No one knows who that is. That could that be... It could, could be any blurry pixel, man. That could literally be anyone. Like, Banjo is obviously Banjo. Gino 100%. is obviously Gino. Yes, Isaac is super Isaac. Right. The chorus kids could be nothing else. Ken and Shadow could be nothing else. Well, Ken actually looks kind of blurry. Ken, no, Ken's Shoryuk in that shit, bro. That's Ken. That's the fucking I mean, with just the like, fist. Especially because like what he's wearing is just a red gi. Yeah. It could be any massive red. I'm saying Goku, that he's it's as noticeable Goku. as Mach Let's go! <laughs> Goku doesn't wear red. Listen, it's a shitty blurry image, bro. It's orange. Fucking Super Saiyan in this bitch, dude. That blonde if, hair, if you, dude. If Fuck. you got Goku as a Ryu Echo Fighter, <laughs> would you just, just want to die? or? <laughs> dude, I'd be fucking fine with that. He's just a dude in a gi who Kamehameha's. I mean, Hadoukens. Same fucking thing. <laughs> Spirit bomb. I'm into it. Chorus Kids to me, I, I based on that blurry image, I don't think that that's definitive. Chorus Kids and Mock Rider especially look to me like I they could be anything. Chorus Kids are the, like some of the clearest in the in the in the leak. Just because it's just like because black they're and white? Out, they're like they're like Game and Watch. They're just outlines. Huh. You know, it's just a 2D character. I don't. know. It didn't look definitive to me. Mock Rider though. I don't know how anyone deciphered that. I can't fucking tell what that is. Yeah, it could just be like small Voltron for all I know. It's just a bunch of primary colors and some polygonal man. Yeah, so that could be anything. I think it's real. The question I should have asked, though, 
is do you believe this, but do you believe that this leak is going to influence Nintendo, you know, how they're going to announce it, when they're going to announce it, when these characters are actually going to be released? Do you think now this is causing a panic and now half of these characters will be delayed or not released? Or like, I don't know, Nintendo is so weird about this sort of thing. Leaks literally cause them to strip the best mode Smash Brothers has ever featured, right? They completely cut the best thing that's ever happened to a Smash Bros. game because of internet leaks. Yeah, I think that was just an executive decision from Sakurai because he got, it was like a new thing that he was really proud of and I can understand being upset that the thing you were so stoked about was like quote unquote ruined by people sharing it online with the subspace uh, cutscenes. Like as much as I don't like that that was a reasoning behind not wanting to do it in the future, I understand him being upset by that. But I don't think that it's going to... I don't know. I don't know how much control Sakurai has over the marketing and like the directs. I feel like he does have quite a bit because of how meticulous the like information is. Right. But that is a very interesting question. I think it might actually influence some of it because he was he has said like I'm like happy that this didn't get leaked when uh they shared Isabel, I think, or Ridley, one of the two. But he's basically saying like I really don't want leaks to happen. Obviously, I don't think it, it sure. makes sense. Like, nobody wants their their baby to be shown before they have the, the 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 control and like be the ones serving it out to the sure adoring fan base. But I I can't tell you how fucking selfish and frustrating it is. Well, leaks ruined this this experience for one percent of human beings who bought this game. Let's just fucking get rid of it all forever for everyone. And also, you know, subspace wasn't like a very good subspace like, game was mode. fucking the best thing that's ever happened to smash bros like smash bros the premise is the best thing and the second best thing is subspace emissary a story mode with cute cutscenes you can play with your fucking friends that isn't just fighting cool come on playing with friends was cool come on but like in retrospect it's not cool that you're just fighting against a bunch of robots that don't have any connection to nintendo history like it's just a bad adventure mode adventure mode is cool because you're running around fighting koopas and goombas in like a Mario area and then you fight a bunch of Yoshis and it's like contextualized. You know, you're in the the giant like palace and you're looking for the Triforce. Like that's cool. That that you're is cool. The the Metroid escape. That's cool. That is cool. Fighting a bunch of robots is not cool. I I disagree. Just because it doesn't have that history doesn't mean it wasn't fun. It was all within the context of the story that we're getting. It was way too long. I don't disagree. You're right. It was a little long. But it, I had so much it? fun. <laughs> I, no, we got to a point where we we then had to go through Were this we huge in that maze, shitty, like a uh, pit cloud level. No, like, no, no, it was really bad. The 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 last bit before the end of the um game mode is like this huge fucked up maze where you have to make your way through, and we never made it through the big maze. That's a bummer. But it was so much fun, and there's so much potential there. That's why I'm hoping the spirit mode is a story mode that isn't just just melee battles. Like I like I want it to be. Like incorporate some of the smash run elements where you're running through a course and you're fighting enemies and you're building stats and then and then it culminates in a battle and then a sick cutscene with the story. Like there needs to be more there, I think. And they need to rein in the single player experience because while this game is totally centered on what you can do with your friends, and now we have the online component, so that's broader than ever, I still think Yeah, but they're not gonna nail the online component. No, of course not. It's Nintendo. But melee, man. Did we talk about this all the time? Melee did so well at bringing in single players, knowing that 
these kids aren't always going to have a room full of people to play with. And then right. they expanded on that in, in Brawl. They just built, everything was bigger, everything was better, and they added new game modes. And then, it could have been cut down a lot, though. I agree that this is Nintendo's also their first time doing something like that. And they also just, they did like the weird left turn with Smash 4 with that bad like party mode. And Smash Run was cool, but it was like very content light. And like the home run contest, the way they changed it wasn't great. Yeah. The target mode was bad. Yeah. Like it was a bad like Angry Birds weird spinoff thing. Yeah. Like I just, I don't want them to like remake Melee. I just, I look at that as a prime example of like what they did so right. Like old, introducing the multi-man Melee, just having the three modes, like that was good. That's all you really need. Introducing the event matches, which were like cool what if scenarios slash classic matchups where you are challenged to use a certain character in a certain like arena under very specific like like rule sets. Right. That was cool. I want them to do that and do that well. I don't need like a story mode per se. I just want them to make a good adventure mode because that was fun to traverse those larger kind of blown up stages. Like half of what's great about Smash Bros is the stages. The stages yeah. are iconic and they're so fully like realized that it's really cool when they blow it up to be instead of just being a platform that you fight on that it's actually a level and that's so unique to smash bros like you don't get that from street fighter you can't wander around that car that you fight in between <laughs> matches <laughs> right or like uh i can't remember the castle's name but like the stage they added in smash bros like that's a iconic background in street fighter 2 yeah you don't wander around that castle but you can in adventure mode and that was so awesome about that in melee that i think they lost that in uh, subspace where you're just like wandering around. Oh, we're in the clouds, I guess we're fighting a <laughs> bunch of robots in the clouds. Like there's no context to this. Yeah. You get the cutscene where you see the cool, like Meta Knight's spaceship airplane thing, pull like flying off. That's cool. But like it, in the end, it's just a cutscene, and we get like cool cutscenes from character reveals, which I think is the biggest lesson they, they took from those being so successful and like yeah. shared. Mm -hmm. They saw that it was extremely powerful marketing material. So I, I just hope they, I just want them to do a good adventure mode. That's really it. I would still rather have 70%. This is an enjoyable experience running through a level, fighting enemies, culminating in boss battles, doing it with my friends. This is 70% good, but 30% of this could use improvement than just not having it at all. Right. And I, I agree that I want that like spirits mode. I hope that's a single player mode because they've already shown off three like interesting sounding multiplayer modes. So I don't, think that they need to add more multiplayer modes no like my multiplayer mode is me 1v1ing against you or putting on like coin match and like having a crazy slug fest i don't really need more in no. that like arena you and know? it's frustrating Maybe on some items that the older i get the less time i have to play these games with my friends i still want to play this game i can only play so much just you know okay we're gonna go brawl with you know level nine cpus we'll, we'll play four player match I can only do that for so long before I'm done with the game. And Smash 4, as great as that game was, it was dead to me the minute it became irrelevant to my playgroup. Right. You know? It just I was like, well, I guess we're done with this. Whereas Mario Kart 8, I played 90% of that experience was, was single player. Yeah, it's a lot less complicated to uh, have a CPU racer that you're trying to beat. Yeah. Than it is too like fighting. I don't like fighting against uh, CPUs in Smash Bros. It's it's fine, but it's not that fun. It gets old quick. 
it's it's yeah, cool it's like enough for a minute. to it's enough to play around with like checking out a new character but i'm not improving and i'm not really i'm not challenged in the way i would be challenged by an actual person right and the online has been bad enough in the past that i don't feel like i'm learning a character if i'm putting them out online because of the really bad input delay and it's just not indicative of what the actual experience is like it's some weird fake smash bros game that i'm like (laughs) somehow playing online like i don't know if i'm like if my internet connection is being carried by carrier pigeon or what like it's just so bad (laughs) yeah i mean i'm cautiously optimistic that the internet and the online play for smash bros ultimate will be worth our time it may be buggy here buggy there if it's if it's just like the matchmaking is bad and like it's just compounding my bad internet in the past versus other people's bad internet. And if maybe potentially like you're still living far away from me, if we can just get the online connection working so I can like play against you, if I can play Ugh. against Max, if I can play against Andrew, if I can just play against my friends that we're not sitting in the same room, if we can get a good connection that way, that's fine. I would be totally okay with that. Yeah. I don't need to fight randos. I just need to fight people. Right. And this is hard because we don't all live in the same house anymore. Right. That opens a whole can of worms of like, can we... Well, no, because the Wii U did it well. The Wii U, and realistically... Dude, the Wii U, you could message people that you were friends with. (laughs) Okay, so we have regressed. We have regressed in certain areas. 3DS had voice chat. Okay. So the Wii U, you could choose specific friends. You could create a lobby and people could join up. And yeah. it wasn't as obtuse as like, well, let's let's make a party and hope your friends join before you fucking start another round without them or you whatever what? the dude, fuck. Dude, you know what's going to happen? What's going to happen? We're going to have to download the app. I mean, I still have the app. I just don't use the app. I don't have the app. I have the app. Yeah. It was wasted, pr- wasting precious megabytes on my phone. <laughs> I was really hoping when you you're wasting precious, I was like, say megabytes. Say it, motherfucker. <laughs> that's funny. I was considering kilobytes, but I was like, nah, that's not believable. <laughs> no. No. Anyway, this whiskey's hitting me right in the fucking head right now. I need Perfect. to drink some water and uh ginger ale. Uh I have an early morning. Gotta you gotta mix so, uh, that water with ginger ale so it doesn't bite so much. That's spicy water. It's spicy water. I love ginger ale, man. Ooh, and ginger beer. Ooh. Do you actually like fermented. Yeah, got, got a little uh seagrams in the fridge. How you feel about Canada Dry? That too too sweet for you? Yeah, Seagram's is the way to go. If you're gonna go soda, if you're gonna go like actual ginger ale, uh, Reeds sell them in like four pack bottles. It's doesn't, actual brewed ginger ale. Doesn't one of the uh, root beer companies do a ginger ale also? That's like a really hmm. like nice sassafras ginger spice kind of. I don't know kind of flavor. I don't know. I feel like I've seen that. I don't remember. I'm not very caught up on my ginger ale brands. I uh. A while back, quit drinking ginger ale with my with just my cheap whiskey, and I started doing ginger beer because ginger beer, while it technically has more sugar, the sugar content is higher. It's all actual like fermented like like ginger beer is fermented and it's a natural sugar and not like this refined additives. Yeah, it's a cane sugar as opposed to like a corn syrup. Yeah, so it's like a lot better for you technically, but it's also yeah, sure whatever. It has a more natural flavor and it, it's it's still sweet. Yeah, those ginger beers are like damn tasty. Oh yeah, I well, what happened? I started doing this because I was sick, and ginger is really good for like you know your stomach, for your sinuses, for everything. And whiskey is like an old you know wives' tale, like it's an old remedy, right? Home remedy. And it, I feel like the the sugar kind of counteracts a lot of the good that a ginger root would actually have for your gut. 
biome or whatever it actually does. Like, I think that's, I think you're fighting two different wars there, bub. That's why I don't like when I'm sick. I don't want all that refined fake added sugar in soda. Right. But it, but if it's naturally occurring sugar from a from fermentation process, it's like not necessarily good for you, but it's also not like pumping your body full of chemicals. So you are getting that raw natural ginger and it's helping with your sinuses and drying you out. Did you just say chemicals? Chemicals in the water? Turning the freaking frogs gay? And the ginger ale? <laughs> the ginger ale. Turning the frogs gay. And boy, Global am I a frog. Ale. Global sale. Oh. Goblin ale. <laughs> oh, Alex Jones is such a joke. Guys, this has been the Constant Crusade Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Constant underscore Crusade. Find my boy Nick freaking Durheim at Press Till Death. P-R-E-S-H-T-I-L-D-E-A-T-H. I am at Ch- E-Jiggle. That's phonetic as fuck, boys. Find me. This is the passion and the energy I needed at the beginning. This is the intro, man. The intro Crusade Podcast. Let's do it. That's that drunk, uh, drunk passion right there. I'm not drunk. I had two drinks. I'm just yep. loose. I'm loose. I'm warm. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a good challenge. Get the fuck out of here.